just give us a plan. Amen. And we felt what we believe was of the Lord. We were like, this is awesome. God has spoken. And so uh, Joey on drums goes to Walmart and buys every single pumpkin LED light that they have at Walmart. And we were going to ring up the form with pumpkin LED lights, and we were going to do acoustic stuff, and then all of a sudden the lights came on at like 5 to 10. And we were like, plug it all up! That sounds great, let's go! And so listen, the fact that we are up here breathing today is like sign of revival, all right? So we are, so like, so like we were like with the videos, if it, if it works, fine, but if it doesn't, let's just not blow the forum up, all right? Let's not be the church that did that. We are pumped that you're here, though. Awesome, all right? It's, a, it's not a typical day here at Summit, man, but we are pushing through, and uh, man, we, uh, we believe God is here, man. We believe God's going to speak to you today. We believe God's going to move in a powerful way. We're starting off a new series called Jesus Is Not, and let me tell you what we're doing here in this series. Um, what we're doing here in this series, every single week, we are talking about a misconception that the culture has about Jesus. Misconception, a false idea that the culture has about Jesus, maybe even a misconception that you have about Jesus. And so, so every week what we're going to do here is we're going to come, you're going to come and we're going to fill in the blank for you. It's Jesus is not blank. We're going to fill in the blank. And let me just tell you what you want to do before we uh, fill it in up there. Don't click it yet. Before we fill it in. Here's what we want you to do here. Every week your goal should be to bring people. I mean, heck, you come back next week, the lights may go off again. Who knows what we'll try next week. Uh, but you should come back and bring people with you. But here's what we want you to, to uh, remember. And church, let's be praying about this. Let's start praying about this right now. November the 13th. November the 13th. Now, you've heard us talk about that date. If you've been coming to Summit for a little bit, you know that day because that is Baptism Sunday. Some of you, if you've never been baptized before, if you've given your life to Jesus, let's just unpack what baptism is for a few seconds. If you've given your life to Jesus and you've never been baptized, uh, baptism is the first thing Jesus says you should do. It's the very first thing. And we know that there's a lot of people that have never been baptized. We're talking to you. uh, But we want you to be baptized on Baptism Sunday if you can. Now, some of you can't. That's fine. We'll work out the details. But listen, if you've never been baptized... November 13th is Baptism Sunday. When you leave today, look to your left. There's a sign-up sheet on the table out there. You just sign up. Give us the best contact information that you've got. You can do it out there on that sheet of paper, or you can go to our website, summithazard.com, and you click on the baptism logo that'll come up. That'll take you to a form you fill out. It goes straight to us. We'll contact you. That is November the 13th. Also, what we want you to do that day is bring friends. Bring people. Bring friends, coworkers family members, do whatever it takes to get them here, because it's going to be a great, great day. We're going to be as clear as possible about the gospel that morning and call people to respond. It's going to be an awesome day. Uh, We'll just fill in the blank for you that day. The blank, what we're talking about that morning is Jesus is not an option. And so listen, you need to come on Baptism Sunday. We know there's going to be several people we're already talking to. Their friends and family are going to come because they're getting baptized. But we want you to invite like crazy and let's pack this place out November 13th. We believe God's going to do something awesome. But today we're starting, Jesus is not. And today, what we're talking about, the blank that we're talking about here, let's go ahead and click it there if we can see what we're doing here. Jesus is not a white, middle-class American. All right, that sounds like fun, doesn't it? That's exactly what you wanted to hear about when you came to church this morning. You thought thought that would be a great topic, and so we're just here to serve. That is exactly what we're going to do today, talk about how Jesus is not a white, middle-class American. Some of you are like, that doesn't make sense. Just hang with us, all right? Just hang with us. But we're going to pray. 
right now. Let's pray. Pray with me. Father, I thank you for this morning. And God, I thank you that you are with us. And God, I thank you that, that what we need more than anything right now is your Holy Spirit. It's for you to come and for you to move. And so God, I pray that you would. God, I pray that you would come and that you would speak to people. God, I know that there are people who came this morning and they are hurting. God, I know that there are people who have come this morning and they are searching. God, I know that there are people who have come this morning and they are about to give up. God, we could just keep going, but God, you know where every person is at. And so God, I just want to pause right now and ask that you would begin to speak. I think that you already have spoken. I think that you are already at work. And so, God, I pray that you would continue to move. God, that you would do a powerful work here. And, Jesus, that you would come and that we would see you for who you are. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, Jesus, without a doubt, Jesus is the most popular person in the history of the world. Jesus is the most loved person. And he's the most hated person in the history of the world. More songs have been written about him. More books have been written about him. He has been the subject of the most intense study, more so than any other subject. Jesus is the most important person, most popular person in the history of the world. And, and everybody, have you noticed that everybody has an opinion about Jesus? Have you noticed that? I mean, if you, if you leave today, if you go downtown Hazard, you walk up to somebody and you ask them who they think Jesus is, they're going to have an opinion. I mean, have you ever noticed that you talk to your friends, your family members about Jesus or about Christianity? They have an opinion, don't they? Everybody has an opinion about who Jesus is. And so what I wanted to do, just, just to show that that's true, I just wanted to put in front of us some different opinions people have of Jesus. Some different quotes, some different opinions that people have of Jesus. The first one is from probably the world's most renowned philosopher and thinker. Let's go ahead and bring this up. World's most renowned philosopher and thinker, Pamela Anderson. Thank you. Thank you. You should have laughed. Some of you are like, yeah, she's good. Um, no, she's... No, it's Pamela Anderson, okay? Here's what Pamela Anderson, though, says about Jesus. All these Christians are always saying you need to have a personal relationship with the Lord. Well, I do. He's my homeboy. Homeboy may or may not be in the title of next week's sermon. I cannot confirm or deny it. I'm not ashamed to tell the world that even though I think Christians are intolerant and boring, I love this last part, I still think Jesus is somewhat cool in a trendy sort of way. In a trendy sort of way. You know, he's like a pair of jeans that are in season. He's trendy. Here's another one. Uh, this one's Justin Bieber. I'm a Christian. This is good. I'm a Christian. I believe in God. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. That's good stuff, man. That's enough to give me Bieber fever, all right? Some of y'all don't, don't know about Bieber fever. It's all right. Sorry you hang out for a while. Mikhail Gorbachev, all right? Now, here's one. See, now, Justin Bieber and Mikhail Gorbachev, have they ever been used in the same sentence? Probably not. Probably not. But here's his opinion of Jesus, just to show you this. Jesus was the first socialist, all right? So, so there's another opinion about Jesus. Here's the last one. And man, I love this quote. I'm going to read this out loud. It's kind of small print, but I want, I want you to hear this. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with a man who says he's a poached egg, or he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this was and is the Son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can, call, you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. Watch this. 
But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. See, that's a good quote because some of you are here you, and you've talked to people who have this opinion about Jesus. Well, I don't think Jesus was God, but he's a good man. You ever heard that before? I don't think Jesus was God, but he was a wise man. He was a good teacher. Listen, you would not say that about the person who walked up to you on downtown Hazard and said, hey, I'm God. You wouldn't do that, would you? Somebody walks up to you on the streets of downtown Hazard, or if you know that there's a person in this city that's walking around telling everybody they're Jesus or they're the Messiah, they're God, when you see them walking down the street, you're going to go to the other side of the street because you think they're crazy, right? Jesus all the time walked around claiming to be God. Listen, if somebody walks up to you and they claim to be God, you would think what? They're crazy or they're a liar? So listen, this is just a little side note in the sermon. You may be here and you're not a Christian, and you may think that Jesus is a good person, but you don't believe that he's the Son of God, but you think he's a really good teacher. He said a lot of wise things, but listen, he claimed over and over and over and over and over to be God. Either he was God or he's crazy. Either he was God or he's a liar. But don't put him in some box and tell, say that he's good when, it, when he walked around and said things that either make him God or a liar. That's the point. He's either God or he's not. Everybody's got an opinion about him, though. And even you, you've got an opinion, you've got some kind of image, there's something that you think about when you hear the name Jesus. When you think about Jesus, things come to your mind. And maybe this is one of the things that comes to your mind. Look at this, maybe that's one of the things that come to your mind. When you think about Jesus, you think of that. That picture, right? That Jesus is a white guy with a great perm and a perfectly trimmed beard and he always walked around in something that looked like a bathrobe you ever notice that sometimes he's always walking around in this robe when you think about jesus you think of that but here's what you may not know about that picture that picture didn't catch on in the western part of the world america the western part of the world that we're in right now that picture didn't catch on until centuries after jesus had already left earth in fact if you go to other parts of the world and look at different cultures and their portraits of Jesus, their pictures of Jesus, they don't look like that. See that right there? That looks like somebody you might see on the street here. That, that looks like somebody you might see around town. And you go to other parts of the world and the pictures that they have around, of, of Jesus, that also looks like somebody you would see in that part of the world. See, here's the thing. We're in, the, the whole sermon is not what Jesus looked like, okay? So don't, don't think, oh gosh, is this really where we're going? No, this is not where we're going. But did you know the Bible doesn't tell us at all what Jesus looks like? It doesn't give us any description whatsoever, any way, shape, or form about what Jesus looked like. And so what happened is this. Here's what happened in the western part of the world, and here's what happens all over the world, is people have tried to take Jesus and put him in a version that people can relate to, put him in a version that people say, oh, you know what, I get that. They've tried to take Jesus and put him in a mold. They've tried to take Jesus and said, you know what, let's make Jesus look like this. Let's take Jesus and make him look this way. They've taken Jesus and tried to put him into a mold. And maybe you're here and you've done that. Maybe you're here and that's the way you think. You know, I think that Jesus, maybe you think this, maybe I think that you think that Jesus is a conservative Republican. Because you're a conservative Republican. No, you think, I, no, I think Jesus would be a liberal Democrat because I'm a liberal Democrat. Or you say, no, I think Jesus would be independent because I'm independent. 
or I think Jesus was an environmentalist. I think Jesus was a this, 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 because I'm this way. Because if I met Jesus, he would be like this because I'm like that. See, let me ask you this question. Who do you think Jesus was? And listen, the way that you answer that question, that's the most important question that you'll ever answer. Because if you get that question wrong, you could get everything else wrong. If you get that question wrong, you could get everything else wrong. So let me give you an example of that. You may be here and you think that Jesus is all love and acceptance and he doesn't really care about anything like sin. He doesn't really care about changing anybody's life or anything like that. You think that Jesus is all love and acceptance. Well, if you think that, then what you might also think is that when everybody dies, everybody goes to heaven. Right? Jesus did what he did for everybody, so we're all already saved. You may be here and you might think that. And listen, if you're here and you think that, we would love for you to stick around over the next couple of weeks. But that's the most important question that you'll answer. Who is Jesus? And so what we're going to do today over the next four weeks is we're just simply going to let Jesus speak for himself. We're just simply going to let Jesus talk for himself and tell us who he is. Because listen, if somebody, if somebody starts a rumor about you or says you've done something, then you want to speak for yourself, don't you? You want to speak for yourself. You want to say, hey, I, I didn't say that. Or hey, I haven't done this. You want to speak for yourself. Well, we're going to let Jesus speak for himself. And so if you've got a Bible, you can open up to Luke chapter 9, and we're just going to be in three short verses, 23 through 25. Luke chapter 9, verses 23 through 25. If you don't have a Bible, then the words are going to be up here on the screen. Uh, and listen, if you don't have a Bible at all, uh, when you leave today and to your left in our ministry area, there are free Bibles back there. We'd love for you to take that, and that is yours to keep. You, know, you don't have to bring that back to us at all. We want to put a Bible in your hand. But if you don't have one, the words are going to be up on the screen. But if you do, Luke chapter 9, 23 through 25. This is Jesus. And Jesus says this. Watch what he says. And he said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself. See, what's happening here is this is Jesus talking, and Jesus is talking, and he will not be put in anyone's mold. He, he's, he's talking to all kinds of different groups here because all kinds of different people had different perceptions about what the Messiah was going to be like. They knew that the Messiah was supposed to come. And so a lot of people thought he was just going to be a political ruler. He was just going to be a military leader. We were going to take care of all of Israel's enemies. That's how some people thought Jesus was going to act. And so when you read through the Gospels, one of the things you see are people trying to put Jesus in that mold. Hey, Jesus, when are we going to kill all of Israel's enemies? When are we going to take care of everybody that's against us? They're trying to put him in the mold of that kind of ruler, that kind of Messiah. Another mold that they tried to put Jesus in is the religious mold. In fact, when you read through the Gospels, the biggest enemy that Jesus had was religious people. The biggest enemy that Jesus had was religious people. And so over and over and over, Jesus, even for the 12 disciples, Jesus does not fit into their mold. And he won't do it today. In fact, what I want to do today, I want to talk about two molds that Jesus will not fit into, but people try to fit him into it 
constantly. Two molds that you and I cannot fit Jesus into. So if you're taking notes, you want to write these kind of things down, you should write this down. The first mold that Jesus will not fit into, I can't fit him into this paradigm. He won't let me think about himself or Christianity this way. The first mold Jesus will not fit into is my mold of religion. Jesus will not fit into my mold of religion. See, we've already said the number one enemy that Jesus had was religious people. You read through the Bible, there's a group that you're going to see all the time. They're called the Pharisees. And Pharisees, just so, just so you know a little bit about who the Pharisees were, they were extremely religious people. They had the entire Old Testament memorized. That's impressive. All right? Nobody's touching that one, okay? They had the entire Old Testament memorized. Uh, they, they would read God's law, say the book of Leviticus, they would read it and try to keep every one of those rules to a T. And then, as if that wasn't enough, they went and tried to make up their own rules so that they could try to keep those rules. And so everybody looked at these guys and said, you know what, those people know God. Those people are the religious people. If we want to know about Jesus, or, uh, God, if we want to know about having a relationship with God, we should go to the Pharisees. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes on the scene and he says, they're hypocrites. And it made them furious. In fact, they ended up killing him. The religious people were the people who killed Jesus. Because their thought was this, God, we're keeping all these rules. We're doing this stuff so that we can please you, so that we can get to heaven. And Jesus says, no, 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 it doesn't work that way. And some of you here today, maybe you're here, you think that. Maybe you know people who think that. You think that's the way that it works. You keep enough rules. You try to do enough things so that in the end, God will accept you. I talk to people all the time who think this way. And the biggest thing that people try to, try to fit in there that they've done, and because they've done this, I want you to hear this. Man, I want you to hear this. If you've been asleep the whole time, wake up, like right now. Like, look at your neighbor, and if they're asleep, just punch them in the jaw and say, the preacher told you to do it. Because you've got to hear this. I want you to hear what we're about to talk about, okay? All right? Did anybody punch anybody? That would have been really awesome. Um, I, I was trying to watch. I was going to see if anybody did it. Um, but the biggest way I see people do this all the time is this. And let me unpack it when I say it is this. I know I'm a Christian because I made a decision. I know I'm a Christian. I know I'm going to heaven because I made a decision. So I talk to people who say this. I know I'm a Christian because when I was five, I made a decision. Well, yeah, but the problem is now you're 50. How does that decision impact who you are today? How does that decision impact the direction of your life? Listen to me, you, you need to understand this. See, a lot of us, a lot of people, when they talk about Christianity, they talk about it in terms of it's just a decision, and if you make that decision, that's the whole work. So some of you are here, you made a decision for Jesus when you were little. You were here, you made a decision to be baptized when you were little. But a lot of people think that the decision is the entire work, and it's not. I, I tried to think of some examples, um, try to help you to think this through a little bit, but uh, think through this with me. Have you ever made a decision, and just from making the decision, you feel as if the work's already been done? You ever done that? Just from, you've made a decision about something, and just from making a decision, you feel like the work's already been done. So let me give you an example. You make the decision to get healthy, right? You know where this is going? You make the decision to get healthy. Man, I'm going to eat right. I'm going to hit the gym, I'm going to work out, I'm going to get in shape. 
And you go into the kitchen and you just clean all the cabinets out and the cookies are gone and the Twinkies are gone and the sodas are gone. I'm going to get healthy. And just from that decision, don't you feel healthy? Right? I mean, how many of you, you've made the New Year's resolution? It's January 1st. This is my year, man. I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to get in shape this year. And don't you just feel, you go and you get the gym membership, right? You, this is awesome. I'm getting the gym membership. You update your Facebook status. I just got a gym membership. And you, and you feel healthy, right? You walk up, you, you wear the gym shirt. Hey, man, what's up, man? Got a gym membership. Gym membership. And you feel like the decision's already been done. Because you, you feel like the work's already been done. Why? Because you made the decision, right? I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to do this. You go to Walmart, Twinkies, or buy one, get 50 free. Oh, my gosh, I can't handle it. And you just lose all the willpower, and it's over. But a lot of people look at Christianity that way. I've made the decision. The work's already been done. But did you see that Jesus doesn't say, make a decision? Instead, look at what he says at the end of verse 23. I think, yeah, it's still up there. He says this at the end of verse 23. Follow me. Follow me. Man, I want you to hear this. Listen, Christianity starts with a decision. It starts with a decision, but it leads to a direction. See, to follow somebody implies direction. To to follow somebody implies that you're going somewhere. So a decision for Jesus, a decision to give your life to Jesus, a decision to become a Christian, it's going to lead to a new direction of following Jesus. Or you may be here and you think this. You think, well, yeah, I'm a Christian because I go to church. I'm, I'm doing this. Jesus, I came here. I got up early. I got, I, I'm, I'm at Summit today. I'm at church. Therefore, I'm a Christian. I talk to people all the time who think that. Yeah, I'm a Christian. I go to church. Listen, 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 listen. Coming to church doesn't make you a Christian. Right? You know, I mean, you know that's true, right? You know that's true. Let, let, think, think this through with me. Think this through with me. Here's, here's another example. Man, I love Taco Bell. Anybody else love Taco Bell? Can I get a witness? Amen. Glory. Um, but, but you know what doesn't happen when I go into Taco Bell? I don't become a taco. I'll just give you a little bit. Some of you are like, no, wait, I really think that happens. I'm not sure that's true. Right? I go into Taco Bell, I don't become a taco. That's silly, isn't it? That's real silly. It's just as silly to think, you know what, just because I'm here means I'm a Christian. Or they may not be here that. Maybe you got baptized. Oh, you know what? I got baptized, so I'm a believer. It, it's not impacted your life at all. You're not going in a new direction. You're not really following Jesus. But you've done that. And man, you're hanging on. See, Jesus will not fit into the mold of religion because he says that even our good works are filthy rags. Even our good works we need to be forgiven for, we need to be saved for. That's why Jesus died for religious people, so that they could be saved from their religious deeds. And instead of trusting in their religious deeds, they could trust in what Jesus has done. Jesus saves us, not religious deeds. Jesus will not fit into the mold of religion. Jesus also, number two, Jesus also will not fit into the mold of my lifestyle. Jesus will not fit into the mold of my lifestyle. Do you see what he says here? He says, if anybody would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. See, to deny yourself, it doesn't really mean that you stop doing certain things. I mean, yeah, if you're following Jesus, that's going to happen. But when he says deny yourself, what he means is that you forfeit ownership of your life. 
It means that if you're going to follow Jesus, what that means is you're giving up rights to your life. Jesus, my life is not mine anymore. It's yours. Taking up your cross. Taking up your cross is not something that annoys you. It's not an inconvenience. The cross is a place where you die. Jesus says, if anybody's going to follow me, what that means is you're going to need to give up the rights of ownership of your life. And you're going to have to die. You're going to have to die if you're going to follow me. Because that's exactly what Jesus did for us. What Jesus did for us is he left heaven and he denied himself. And he took up his cross and he died so that you could have life. See, I don't know if you come from a church background or whatever, but I think that one of the things that can happen when we read verses like this is we can see Jesus talk this way, and we kind of think that he's really mean and stern when he says it, you know? I think that we can kind of read this and think that Jesus kind of sounds like, if anybody's going to come after me, they've got to deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. It's going to be difficult, and you're going to die. That's not what he means. That's not the way that he sounds. See, because here's what Jesus is really saying. Jesus is really doing this. If anybody is going to follow me, then I'm inviting you to live. I'm giving you an invitation to live. I mean, if you want to sum up all three of these verses, you can sum it up in one word, and that word is the word surrender. Jesus is calling you, and he's calling me to surrender our lives. To surrender our lives. And so he says this, for whoever, whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? He's inviting you to live today. He's giving you an invitation so that if you yield up ownership of your life and say, Jesus, here's my life, I'm going to follow you then he invites you to live. But if you take your life and you say, Jesus, I'm going to make my life all about right here, right now, my happiness, my wants, my needs, and I would like to throw you in so that I get to heaven when I die, he says, it doesn't work that way. If you want to follow me, you've got to lose your life. I won't fit into the mold of your lifestyle so that you can just kind of tack me on, so that you can kind of fit me in, so that I'm a hobby that you have on Sunday. I don't roll that way. I don't work that way. I came and died for you, gave my life for you, and I'm calling you to do the same. I'm inviting you to the same kind of thing. See, watch this. I've got a, I've got a prop here I want to show you. Today. Here we go. I got into the nursery today back there in the back and broke into the nursery so the kids are not getting to play with us today. So, but, but you've seen this, right? You've seen this, right? You know, how, you know how this toy works, right? So you've got these shapes here and you've got these blocks and if you want them to go in there, then what do you have to do? You've got to put it in the right one. So like there's the star. There we go. I didn't even try that beforehand. I was hoping it would work that way and it does. Um, you get, it's got to go in that way. See, but watch this, watch this, watch, watch what I'm going to do here. I can't take this circle and put it in the, I can't put it in right there. I can't take the circle and I can't, I can't put it in right there. And I can shove it and I can try. That's not happening. It's not happening. I, I, can't, I can't take this one and put it in right there. See, a lot of us try to do that with our lives when it comes to Jesus. Jesus, I'll follow you 
but I am not going to give up this sexual relationship with somebody I'm not even married to. I'm going to try to fit you in right there, and that's how it's going to work. And it doesn't work that way. Jesus, I'm going to follow you, but, but only so far. I'm, I'm going to try to fit you into my life right here. Don't ask me to give up anything. Don't ask me to do something that's uncomfortable. I want to follow you and fit you in just like that, and it, and it doesn't work. Jesus, I'm going to follow you, but I'm not going to forgive that person. It doesn't work that way. It's got to go, Jesus, I'm going to follow you and whatever you say. I'm going to fit into your mold instead of you fitting into mine. See, let me, let me ask you this question today. Is there an area of your life where you look at it and you know and Jesus knows that it's off limits to him? Jesus, you can touch my life. You can do a lot of things in my life, but that you can't touch. For some of you, maybe it's your kids. You cannot touch my kids. I've had people tell me this. Mark, I'll follow Jesus just as long as he doesn't tell my kids to do anything radical with their lives. Just as long as my kids get to grow up and make all the money they ever want and do what they want, not what he wants. Maybe you're that way. Maybe it's your future. Jesus, I'll follow you, but I get to plan this out. Jesus, I'll follow you, but I'm not going to forgive that person. Jesus, I'll follow you, but I'm not going to trust you here. Jesus, I'll follow you, but I'm not going to give you control of my finances. Jesus, I'll follow you, but I'm not going to get baptized. Jesus, I'll follow you, but only to this point. And what he says is, I won't fit in that mold. I, I, I don't work that way. If you want to follow me, then what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to deny yourself. You're going to have to take up your cross, and you're going to have to die. So today, I just want to ask you, is there an area in your life where you have to die today? Is there an area in your life where you've got something, and you're trying to fit Jesus into that mold, and today's the day when you're going to say, you know what, I'm going to let go today. I'm going to let go. I'm going to trust him with my future. I'm going to trust him with this relationship. I'm going to trust him with this. Instead of me trying to fit him into my mold, I'm going to let him have his way in my life. I'm going to surrender today. Some of you are here, and you know that right now the thing that you've never surrendered, the thing that you've never done, is you've never given your life to Jesus. And listen, here's where maybe a lot of you are. You were in the very first part of the sermon, trying to fit Jesus into the mold of religion. Man, I got to tell you, I walk all, I, I go all over, I talk to all kinds of people around here, and I talk to all kinds of people during the week, and I'll say, hey, are you a Christian? Are you a Christian? Are you a Christian? Are you a Christian? What do you think the answer I always hear is? Yeah, I'm a Christian. Man, I think everybody in Hazard's a Christian. I think squirrels are even Christians in Hazard. I can't find somebody that says, no, man, I'm not. Yeah, of course I am. And so then I try to dig a little deeper, and digging a little deeper works this way. Oh, yeah, won't you tell me, about, tell me about your relationship with the Lord? Well, I really don't have a relationship with Jesus, but I made a decision once. I got baptized when I was little. Does it mean anything to you now? No. No, not really. I mean, I still go to church occasionally and that sort of thing, but no, I've never, I don't, I wouldn't really say that I'm following him. 
Well, listen, if you can't say that you're following him, then what can you say? When, when you stand in front of him, what will you say? Jesus, I, I, I did that. Isn't that good enough? Jesus will not fit into the mold of our lives. He will not fit into one corner of our lives. He wants all of our lives. And listen, He is worthy to give our lives to. When you give your life to Jesus, when He calls you to let go of some things in your life, He's not calling you to give up anything. He's calling you into a deeper relationship with what you've always wanted, with the one you were made for, with the one who died for you. He's calling you into a deeper relationship for him, with Himself. And so some of you today, today's the day. Today is the day you know He's speaking to me and He's telling me I need to give Him my life for the very first time. Others of you, you know today's the day. God is speaking to me about a specific area of my life and today's the day I've got to let it go. Today's the day I've got to make some changes. Today's the day I've got to stop trying to fit Jesus into my life and just surrender to who He is. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank You that right now You... You have just spoken so clearly in your word that, Jesus, if we are going to follow you, then it means that we are going to deny ourselves. It means that we're going to take up our cross and follow you. And, and that's not willpower. It's not sucking it up and try to do it religion. It's an invitation to life. It's an invitation to the one who made us, to the one who died for us, to what we've really always wanted, but we've been trying to find it in money. We've been trying to find it in all kinds of other things. And Jesus, we're, we're never going to be satisfied until we find it in you. So Father, I pray that you would have your way in us today. I pray that you would speak to us. As you continue praying.